0: Uh, The first week of this series, But God, I shared five basic thoughts around how a But God uh, supernatural breakthrough happens. It starts like this. God has plans and promises for you and I. He's got plans and promises for every single one of us. The devil counters those and he has schemes to undermine God's plans and promises. They're real. Fasting and prayer paves the way for God's plans and promises to come to pass. We know that God's plans and promises don't automatically come to pass. We partner with Him in prayer and fasting and we release God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we, we learned that God's timing, although it may not line up with our timing, is impeccable. And we learned that this, this idea that I've said the last few weeks, we think in we we think in hours, days, weeks and God thinks in months, years and generations. It teaches us patience and teaches us persistence in our praying. And then the last thing is God takes the enemy's schemes and He causes them to backfire on Him. He, he causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him. And so this morning, I want to speak to you around that second point about the devil has schemes and how we overcome those schemes. I want to talk to you about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. I want to equip us together as believers and followers of Jesus. And if you're new to church, I want you to have some understanding of spiritual warfare. Uh, as we sang in the grand final yesterday, up there, Kazali. If you've been around uh, football for a while or Australia, you've probably heard this song, up there, Kazali, in there and fight. And, and it's got two lines in it. One is, fight like an angel. And I thought, oh, that's quite powerful because they're, the mo- they're very powerful. And then it's also got, fight like the devil. I thought, okay, we've got spiritual warfare. It's brought in even to AFL. Someone's caught on that you can fight like the angel, like an angel, and you can fight like the devil. I want to talk to us around five key thoughts this morning to understand spiritual warfare. Uh, the first one, just very simply, is this spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual warfare involves you and I, it involves Angels, and it involves fallen angels, which the Bible calls evil spirits or demons. Uh, there, there are, uh, in 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us uh, we're not unaware of the schemes of the devil. We're not unaware of the, the, the devices or the schemes. There are, there are strategies and things that we need to be aware of. Spiritual warfare, I believe, happens on a number of different levels, but I want to draw our attention to two levels that it happens on for us today. And I, I spent some time in the Army Reserves, and, and we did tactical moves and responses and learned that, that and I was in infantry, which was on the ground, and we were going to be in either hand-to-hand or in a guerrilla kind of warfare. That's what we trained for. But we also would be backed up by, by the Air Force. Bombs could be called in on certain areas. And so just as that kind of warfare is both at at the ground level and at an aerial level, spiritual warfare can happen both in the heavenly realms and also at a personal level. So we learn about this in the Old Testament when Daniel, a great prophet of God, who's serving a number of kings uh, in exile, a little like Esther was, we talked a few weeks ago. And he he begins to uh, seek God. God begins to talk to him. He's reminded of some promises that God has. And so he begins to fast for 21 days. As a church, we've been fasting for seven days. Many of us may have done what's renowned as a Daniel fast. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna have a chat to him about his fast and why he couldn't have just slipped a bit of meat in there. But he didn't, that's okay. And so Daniel had this fast and he went without for 21 days and then he had this spiritual encounter. Daniel chapter 10, verse 11. And it said, And the man said to me, this is a man who visited him. It was an angel. Uh, many believe it was the angel Gabriel, the, the one who stands in the presence of God and brings the Word of God to people because the description of this angel earlier in Daniel chapter 10 matches the description in other places of, of Daniel. So I believe, we don't know exactly, but we believe it is. And so he said, Daniel... You're very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. He was in the presence of an angel. You and I, we would, we would uh, need new underwear if an angel visited us. I'm just saying here today. Then he said, too, too much information, I'm sorry. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, that's what fasting is, humbling yourself before God, Your request has been heard in heaven. So you prayed and day one, God heard it because He loves you. I want to tell some people here right now, you're believing for supernatural breakthrough. And when you prayed, because you are precious in God's sight, God heard your prayer. Okay. Now the answer may not have come just yet. It might be a matter of timing, but maybe it's a matter of spiritual warfare. Read on. I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the Spirit Prince of the kingdom of Persia, which was the ruling uh, empire at that moment that Daniel was serving, blocked my way. A demonic spirit, a a principality over a whole region blocked his way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, and later on he said, Michael is the the archangel who's responsible for Israel, for God's people. His his job is to fight. He's he's also a principality, and his job is to fight for God's people. So so then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And so he comes, and he he gets through all of this opposition between God's throne in heaven And here on earth, there is spiritual warfare. There's there's angels and demons and they fight. So we understand that from this particular moment. That's the heavenly realm. When you pray, depending on what what you're praying about, there will be different levels of spiritual warfare in the heavenlies over the answer and the timing of your and my prayer. In the New Testament, we learn this, Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This is to the church. There's schemes. Understand that there are schemes. Put on the full armor of God. That's a whole other message. I'm not going to talk about that today, but we can put on the full armor of God. Goes on and says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. People are not the problem. People are not the problem. What's behind and and controlling and operating around people is the problem. That's why we need to love people and fight spiritual demons as opposed to ignoring them and fighting people, Just, just so we know. But, okay, we don't wrestle against people, flesh and blood, but against principalities. In this Scripture, there's four levels laid out to give us a bit of an understanding that there probably are four levels of spiritual demonic powers principalities that's the that's the prince of persia principalities over regions powers rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places so i want you to know spiritual warfare is real and when we begin to pray there are levels and layers of demonic opposition depending on the influence that god's called you to have that you're going to impact against now that's that's in the heavenlies then there's personal warfare so that's that's the air force version then there's the guerrilla version the, the, the infantry version, the wrestle around our mind, around us, around our lives. And 1 Peter 5 verse 8, Peter says, be sober. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today because I want to base what we're doing here on the Word of God so that then when we come to, to take a stand a little later on, that we know exactly how we're coming at this. Uh, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. Oh, man. Too often in the Western world, we think, oh, that spiritual opposition is just a Eastern mystical occult worshipping, idol worshipping issue. It's not really an issue for you and I in the Western world. We're smarter than that. The biggest delusion there is, the enemy goes, yes, got them. Got them with their intellectuals, with intellectualism, because spiritual warfare. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, walks around like a Roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Spiritual warfare is real. The enemy comes to, to kill, thieve, and destroy, the Bible tells us. So that manifests in our lives in all sorts of different ways. It can, it can manifest in physical sickness, demons attacking us and oppressing us. It can manifest in um, it, things in our thought life that come on us emotionally. Anxiety and fear can be spirits. Guilt and condemnation and not being able to get free from shame can be a spiritual issue. Mental torment and intimidation, nightmares and night terrors can be a spiritual issue of demonic opposition and spiritual warfare. Addictions can have their basis in a spiritual issue. Lust and unclean sexual pressure and heightened temptation can be a spiritual issue. Depression and heaviness that we can come underneath can be a spiritual warfare issue. Division and contention uh, between people in marriages, in families, in church life, in workplaces can be a spiritual issue. Financial and material challenges that have come against us and poverty can be a spiritual issue. Persecution and harassment from others, it might come from people, but that persecution and harassment because you stand for Jesus can be a spiritual issue. Now, not every one of those issues is necessarily solely a spiritual problem. Sometimes the spiritual problems we face uh, or sometimes those problems that we face uh, relate to the thoughts that we have, the issues that we carry in our heart, some of the upbringing things, some of the habits that we have. So we need to attack uh, those problems on a multi-pronged level, but we need to understand that spiritual warfare is part of it and often the first part of getting freedom and breakthrough from that level of warfare. So that's the first thing I want us to know this morning. Spiritual warfare is real. Some of you this morning have been uh, been facing things for days, weeks, months, years, and you just think it's you. You just think it's a a physical problem. You just think it's a mental problem. You just think it's something that I struggle with and you feel guilty about it. Today, I want to lift the curtain on the problem that you're facing to realize that behind it very often is a spiritual problem that we can deal with. Spiritual warfare is real. This is your but God moment. It's coming. The second thing I want us to know in spiritual warfare is this, that we need to keep Jesus front and centre. We need to keep Jesus front and centre. The mistake that we could make when we're talking about spiritual warfare is actually giving the, the devil too much glory. We can focus too much on demons and devils and, and, and miss out on who Jesus is. And so when I pray against spiritual opposition and when I, when I go into warfare zone, I will take on, spirit. I will resist demonic forces, but I don't spend a lot of time in it. In fact, I like to pray against and bind and come against and then just turn my back and come back and focus on the main thing. And that's Jesus. The ultimate but God moment of the Scriptures It was recorded in Acts chapter 10, 39 and 40. And we apostles are witnesses of all He did through Judea and in Jerusalem. They put Him to death by hanging Him on a cross. But God raised Him to life on the third day. Then God allowed Him to appear. The devil thought His device, His scheme of crucifying crucifying Jesus would be the end of Jesus. But God took the enemy's devices, He took His schemes and He made it backfire on Him. And this is what Colossians tells us. A lot of scriptures, 2 verse 14 and 15. He canceled the record of the charges against us. That's the sins and the the things that we've done wrong and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He, Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. It doesn't say He defeated them so that they don't exist anymore. He disarmed them. Then when Jesus went to heaven, He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. I have authority over every spiritual force. That's one of the things He came to the earth to do. For this reason was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus has destroyed them. He has won victory over them. But then He works with us. We'll get to that in a moment. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Seated Him at His right hand beside the Father. This is God. Has placed Jesus in heaven at His right hand, surrounded by angels in heaven. Far above all, here we go again, principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that He named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. When it comes to a matter of spiritual warfare, we need to know that Jesus is not down on the level fighting with demons, He's already defeated them. He's seated far above them. He's ruling and reigning over them. Warfare may exist, but He's disarmed their power and taken their authority off them. And so that's why we need to keep Jesus front and center. We need to keep Him first. There's, a, there's power in His name. I love when we sing songs that exalt the name of Jesus. I love the song that Darlene Czech has written, that I speak Jesus over every circumstance, over every situation. I'm keeping Jesus front and center in spiritual warfare. Number three, in spiritual warfare, it's real. We've got to keep Jesus front and center. Number three is this. We need to understand our authority. We need to understand our authority. Who you are in Christ. When you became born again, when you become a Christian, then Jesus Himself now lives inside of you and gives you that authority over demonic spirits. I love this, Ephesians 2, 5, and 6. Even when we were dead in transgressions or trespasses, I went old King James on you, sorry. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ, born again, alive spiritually. By grace you have been saved. And He raised us up together and, get this, made us sit together together. In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the there's a spiritual reality and our natural reality. A spiritual reality is now that you're born again, you have a spiritual seat in heaven far above all of that warfare. That's why one of my emphasis when I begin to pray and I've taught our churches when we begin to pray, my emphasis is let's let's go into the throne room of heaven. Let's spend some time speaking in tongues. Let's spend some time focusing on Jesus, coming in with thanksgiving, coming in with praise and getting into the throne room of heaven so that when I'm praying, I'm not praying from down here, oh God, would you do something about them? I'm praying from the throne room of heaven, seated in heavenly places, far above them, and I'm praying over them. That's the authority that I have. I have that authority. You have that authority. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So as a Christian walking in God, unless you're willfully sinning and opening doors where the enemy has a rightful place, but as a Christian walking with God, you have authority over spiritual powers. You've got to understand that. But two, we've got to understand the principle of spheres. Spheres. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, we, we will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us. A sphere which especially includes you. Paul's writing to the Corinthians and telling them that God gives people spiritual, spiritual spheres of responsibility. And then He gives you spiritual authority for that sphere. So when you become born again, you're responsible for you. That's your sphere. You ought to, to protect your mind, protect your heart, to resist the devil and watch over you. When you get married, uh, husbands, the Bible tells us that we have a sphere of authority to pray for our wives. That's part of a responsibility that we have before God. That's to, to pray, to, to, to stand up and pray for God's protection and to pray for God's blessing over them. Parents, you have a spiritual authority over your children. It's the sphere that God's given you to pray to, to bind and loose, to release things from heaven into your world and to bind the devil from coming and harassing your children. That's, that's your spheres. Right now, I'm waging a warfare in the sphere of my home with a tomcat in the neighbourhood. This thing will come and howl at three in the morning. It's literally come and got into our house through the cat door. We've got some cats. And so right now, there's warfare going on. Uh, Someone told me what the the trick to do is when it starts to howl. If you have a a vacuum cleaner outside your door and running to beside your bed, and when it starts to howl, you just flick the switch and the vacuum cleaner will go on and it'll scare it. I've tried that. I've tried a few other things that I won't say. But I'm just I'm taking authority over the atmosphere of my home because this this is one of my things. Not in my house. Not in my house, cat. Not in my house, devil because I have a sphere of authority. You have a sphere of authority. I love it when dads wake up first in the household and begin to pray and begin to say, devil, not in my house. You're not coming in my house with that rubbish. You're not coming in my house with that stuff. I'm taking the authority that God gave me. I love it when parents pray together and say, not in our house, not in my children's life, not over our family. I'm taking authority that God's given me. This then begins to expand. This begins to expand when someone in the church begins to run a connect group. That becomes a sphere of spiritual authority and that connect group leader. And we shout out to every one of you who are leading groups in our church who have made a commitment every day to pray for the members of your group and say, not in my group, not in their lives. That will not happen over there in their world. I'm taking the authority of the sphere of God. God's given me and Danielle a sphere of authority for this church. And so I stand and pray. And I've got on my study wall, the first priority that I have is to pray for the church. It's not to visit everybody. It's not it's not to call everybody. It's not to do everything and meet all the needs. I need to equip people to do it. My first authority is to say, not in my house, not in the church that God's given me authority for, the sphere that He's given me authority for. And you got to understand when God gives you spiritual responsibility, He gives you authority. you also got to understand that it's a little crazy to begin to pray into something that God hasn't given you spiritual authority for, and it's not your sphere. You also got to understand that that there's a power when you come under spiritual authority. One of the most dangerous things a Christian can do is, is take themselves out of a church under spiritual authority, begin floating around and attacking different spiritual things, but don't have the cover and protection of the spiritual authority that God sets in order in His church. So we might not, might not be the best church for you and I don't, that's not the big deal. It's just find a church for you where you get under spiritual authority and you've got a pastor who's standing before God praying for you and accountable for you, who you will follow the instructions that are given to you because that's how spiritual authority works. All right, you've got to, are we doing all right here this morning? All right, number one, spiritual authority is real. A Spiritual warfare is real. Number two, keep Jesus front and center. Number three, you've got to understand your authority. Number four, we've got to make sure, because it's one thing to have authority, it's another to have the power. Because Jesus said to His disciples, guys, have at it. Go and pray for everybody, cast out demons, heal the sick, declare the kingdom of God. Away you go. It's going to be phenomenal. And so they went and did that, and then they, they hit a wall. They, they had this young boy who couldn't be healed. They tried and it couldn't. It got worse. And they said to Jesus, why couldn't we cast that demon that was trying to kill that kid out? Why why couldn't we do it? And it wasn't an issue of authority because Jesus had already given them the authority. It was an issue of power. He said, this type only goes out through prayer and fasting. Guys, you've got authority, but you've got to get a greater level of power on you to wield the authority that I've given you. you got to, I would liken it to this. You might, uh, you know, if you're in a war zone and and someone had surrendered and said, okay, our side is over, the authority is given to you to take over this neighborhood. But let's just imagine there's a whole group of soldiers that didn't believe that and they kept fighting. Your authority of the winning the war doesn't take the ground. It's your power that overcomes them combined with your authority that takes the ground. The Bible talks about Jesus, and he's, he's the Son of God. And it says in early, after He was baptized, that He went into the wilderness. It says that the Holy Spirit led Him into the wilderness. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had come from heaven. God had said, this is my beloved Son. He was obviously appointed. There was an authority on Him. But He went into the wilderness for 40 days. Why? Fasting, temptation, testing, overcoming. And this is what the Bible says, Luke 4, 14. He went in filled with the Holy Spirit, but then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. News of Him went out through all the surrounding region. Power comes from waiting on God. Power comes through prayer. Power comes through fasting. Some of, some of us here over the last seven days have we fasted. You, you've upgraded your spiritual power. There's something, something greater resting upon you, and I'm, I'm, we're going to use it for good this morning. All right, let's go number five. Keep moving, John. Try not to preach too much. Just teach a little. Move forward. Employ your weapons. I'm going to get some musos to come on up right now. Employ your weapons. So if, if, I've got increased, if I've got the authority and I've got the power of God on me, then I just need to employ the weapons. The Bible says the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. They're not natural but they are mighty to the pulling down of spiritual strongholds, the weapons of our warfare. There's numerous weapons that you have to wage spiritual warfare with the authority that God's given you, numerous. Jesus talked about prayer, He talked about fasting, He talked about giving, numerous. I I just wanna talk quickly about three. The first we've talked about, it's the name of Jesus. That is a weapon for you and I to declare The name of Jesus over our lives. To speak the name of Jesus over circumstances. It's not just the the magic word. It's that behind it, the Bible says, that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. If you speak it under the authority of your connection with Christ, it has authority to shift atmospheres. It's the name of Jesus. The next is to speak the Word of God. Psalm 149 verse 6 says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Executing vengeance on the nations, punishment on the peoples. This is talking about spiritual warfare. Binding kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. When you and I get God's high praise in our mouth and we get, get His word in our mouth, we begin to take ground. Things begin to shift. Now, some of you this morning might be going, I'm not really experiencing much spiritual warfare. Maybe the warfare you're experiencing is just a delay in the heavenlies. Fair enough. My my suggestion to anyone who's like, I'm not really experiencing much spiritual warfare. My my question to ask yourself then is, well, am I making any spiritual progress? Am I taking ground off the enemy through people getting saved, through what I'm doing, partnering with the house of God? Am I actually worrying the devil? Because when you do, spiritual warfare is a normal part of your life. You're taking ground. With the high praises of God in our mouth, with a two-edged sword in our hand, that's the Word of God. We're speaking the Word of God and we're declaring the praises of God. Something powerful. Here's the thing, you don't have to spend too much time actually directly encountering the devil. The name of Jesus, the Word of God, speaking it out, the reign of what God said to you, and praises in our mouths is the most powerful thing. In fact, the most powerful version of praise The high praises that they're talking about, the high praises literally are talking about a couple of different things. One is the volume. High praises. Fortissimo is a word for musicians who would know loud. I like to sometimes go for a prayer walk, but I also particularly like to go for a prayer and praise drive because I can get in the car and I can be loud. It's weird if I get loud at the beach, just saying. But if I get in the car, put on some worship music, and go, there's something about high praises to God. Something, something about you. You know you've won when the devil's thrown hit the worst he possibly can at you, and you make a decision to praise God. That's high praises. Not, I'm not praising him because everything's good. I'm praising him because he's on the throne of heaven. I'm praising him because he hears my prayer. I'm praising him because he set me free. He deserves it. I want us to stand together right now. I'm going to ask at home. Why don't you stand? Those of you in Melbourne East joining with us right now. Why don't you stand? Those who are watching online, why don't you stand? We're going to sing a song together right now. We're going to speak the name of Jesus. Some of you have been facing the warfare that I've been talking about at a personal level. Sickness, anxiety, fear, guilt, condemnation, mental torment, intimidation, addictions, lust, unclean, sexual pressure, depression, heaviness, division, contention, financial pressure, persecution. There's a warfare going on and I want you right now in this room On site and online, I want us to sing. But I want us to realize that as I'm singing, I'm empowering the heavenly angels to fight on my behalf. And I'm using the weapons that God's used me to war in the spirit realm. Can we begin to sing this song right now? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Go for it. I, know that I speak Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to him right now. Come on, they're beginning to break right now. There speak Jesus, the name above every other name. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name Come on, demons are trembling right now. Sing with fervency, passion and authority. This is what I want us to do. Wherever you are right now, we're not we can't do older calls for multiple reasons. But we are going to have an older call. And this is what it's going to look like at home and in this room. If you're saying John in my mind in my world, there's been personal warfare going on, not just delays in my prayers being answered, but at a torment level, at a physical level, at an emotional level. In my family, there's warfare being going on. I want you just to take one step forward, wherever you are right now. Just take a step forward, that you're stepping onto an altar right now. Stepping onto an and we're gonna sing the chorus of this. And I want you, as you sing it, just to realize... Things are breaking off right now. As you declare the name of Jesus, as we've been fasting and praying, things are beginning to shift. We're going to finish with a shout of praise. We're going to bring the high praises of God into this house, and things are going to break. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. Come on. Jesus in the Jesus in the darkness over every end. Come on. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, Jesus. Come on, prodigals are coming back as you sing right now. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. One more time. Shout Jesus. Hey. hey. Oh, oh, oh. name 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 Okay. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome, awesome. We're going to give a shout of praise in just a moment. We're going, we're going a little longer than we normally would, but that's okay. You've been, you're hungry, you can't have hungry. You're not going home for lunch. It's okay. A friend of mine, a guy I know, tells a story about walking through his church and just clapping. And as he claps, God gives him a picture of demonic strongholds in the ceiling just beginning to fall. The Bible tells us to shout unto God. It says to clap unto God. Yeah, yeah, these aren't just because oh, just they're nice things to do. They're not religious rituals. They're spiritually powerful things. So I want us to give God some praise. I want, to give, I want us to shout the name of Jesus, and I want us to clap in this atmosphere, but also over your home. Give Him some praise right now. Oh! breaking through. Oh, Jesus, we lift you up. We give you praise. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Holy is his name. Holy, worthy, King of kings, Lord of lords. Give him praise loud. Oh, with the high praises. Oh, at the name of Jesus. Demons tremble. Demons tremble. Demons tremble right now. Right now in your home, demons are trembling right now in this room. Things are shifting right now. Demonic strongholds are breaking. Principalities and powers are shaking. Jesus, you give victory. Supernatural breakthrough. Healing comes. Healing comes. Affliction goes. Sickness goes. Poverty goes. Division goes. The power of God comes. The power of God comes. In Jesus' name, oh, we give you praise. We give you honour. We glorify you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Not just once. Some of you need to go home and say, not at my house. Pray through every room. Pray through the house and declare the goodness of God right through the place. Just as we're standing, as we come to a close, I'm going to hand you online Back to Dan, Melbourne East. I'm going to hand you back to Teresa. Uh, For those of you who are watching online, God bless you. Have a phenomenal day.